and welcome to the Aussie Pastor Live, right here on Faith FM. G'day, my name is Lloyd Grolleman, I'm the Aussie Pastor and I'm on the road today in Warburton, Victoria. So before I say anything else, if you're in Warby, great, big, huge welcome to the program, Hunty. Yes, mate, good to be here. Yeah, it is good to be good here. To be in Warby as well. And you know what? They yep. get Faith M loud and clear down here. They do. I've been listening to it every day. It's pretty Love cold. It. It's pretty cold down here. Yeah, it's really, really cold down here actually. Um, why are we down here? Well, we're on a very special mission. We're, we're, on we're a, running a, a program, actually, yeah, a series called, uh, what's it called, Hunty? It's called Surviving, <laughs> Surviving the Chaos. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually about how to survive through the um, difficulties and the trials and the challenges of a world that's going crazy. And we're running Friday yep. night, yep. 7 o'clock, and Saturday mornings, 11 and 4.30. I think I got those times right. Yeah, I hope you do. So Friday night, yeah, it is. Friday night, 7 o'clock. Yep. And Saturdays, 11 and 4.30 at the Redwood Centre. Yep, right. Easy easy to find. Yeah, if you live in Warburton, you know where the Redwood Community Centre is. Correct. And so if you didn't turn up last week to meet us, I'm going to give you a great big invitation. Warburton, all of you out there, we'll fit you in somehow. Yep. Turn up. It's going to be a good time. Yep. You and me, Hunty. Haters are on. Were they on, were they? We had four heaters on last time. Okay, good, good. Yeah, well, that probably means a lot more to you than them. Yes. (laughs) But we're glad you're here uh, listening to our program today. Great big warm welcome to you. Hunty, before I look at what happened in history, are we doing Ask the Aussie Pastor today? We're doing Ask the Aussie Pastor, and we have a great program lined up for you, let me tell you. Uh, Ask the Aussie Pastor, is it possible to do that when we're still on the road? Of course. If you'd like to send us your questions, there's still plenty of time, and you can, one of two ways, you can text your questions to us or SMS them on 0488. Double eight zero eight five one, or you can email them to us info at aussiepasta dot com. And what's on the show today? Today we've got a couple of great guests. We've got uh, a regular Harold Harker. He's back from Lord Howe Island, and he was he he was over there having a good time. He was having a good time. Yeah, he's doing a little bit of work, but I think it was just a it was a really good break for him and his wife over there. I think he did a little bit of preaching and visiting, and but yep, glad to have him back. Yep, and we've got a an old mate of both yours and mine, uh, Terry Goltz. Yeah, he is. He actually lives down here, not far from Warby, actually. Yep. He is an old mate of mine. In fact, we kind of come from the same area. So um, that should be good. Um, and some good music. And yeah, we do have good music. We're going to... And some Bible study. Yeah, we are. We're going to make sure we get that in today, aren't We've we? We've actually changed our run sheet today. To make sure we get the Bible study That's in. It. That's right. So other things are less... And it is more. In fact, I'm going to make sure that becomes the centre of everything we do. Hey, September 6th, you want to know what happened? Yes, please. In 1522, the Victoria, very famous ship. It was the first ship to circumnavigate the world under a very famous Portuguese explorer called Magellan. Have you ever heard of him? I have. Yeah, I think all of us have. Do you know that 260 crew in five, well, 200 and, yeah, 60 crew in five ships set out from Portugal and only 18 crew members and one ship returned. Oh and Magellan himself died while circumnavigating the world. But they did it. In 1666, ever heard of the Great Fire of London? Yep. Well, you might not know. It, it was extinguished finally uh, on this day. But, you know, it took four days. It went over four days. Wow. It destroyed 135,000 houses, 87 churches, and it even burned down St Paul's Cathedral. Wow. So pretty serious fire, that, that one. That is a big fire. 
1870, you'll like this one, Hunty. Yep. On September 6, 1870, Louise Ann Swain became the first woman to vote in the United States of America in a place called Wyoming. Have you been there? I have. Good Cowboy, place. Cowboy State. Yes. Uh, but she could only vote for local and state elections, not federal. I think the Kiwis, unfortunately, were the first to have women vote <laughs> in federal elections. I think we were the number two. Uh, I would have would have liked it if we could have won that one. Um, this is a big one. 1880, first day of the first test match between England and Australia at the Oval. This is the first time, August um, 6th, 1880, that they played cricket at I've the Oval. I've got a question for you. Which is a- very, very, very famous Oval, yes. Well, I've got a question for you because you're a bit of a cricket, a cricket aficionado. I'm a nut, a cricket nut. Tell me, is this where the Ashes started? No, I can answer that question too. Uh, England, but before I do though, yep. England won that first test at the Oval, uh. unfortunately, by five wickets. A very famous English batsman, W.G. Grace, he actually made his debut there and he scored 152. Not bad. I think that's the last time England beat us in cricket, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. <laughs> um, the first test match ever played, here you go, Hunty, yep. between Australia and England was in, let me think, 1877. Mm. It was at the MCG. And Australia won by 45 runs. Let me tell you something interesting. This is yep. this is the cricket nut coming out of it. Here me. we go. In 1977, 100 years later, they played the centenary test match to remember that one play played 100 years ago in Melbourne. So 100 years later, in March it was, they played the centenary test match. I think Hooksy scored 100 in that, nice. and it might have been his debut too. But don't hold me to that. Do you know the first test match ever played... Uh, in 1977, Australia won by 45 runs. Yep. They played a hundred years, a hundred years later, 1977. Yep. Guess how much Australia won by? No. Yeah. 45 runs. 45 runs. You kind of a little bit eerie, isn't it? Nice. Uh, 1900. Hey, what about the Ashes? When did they, what, what happened? That's then? when they started. Ah, oh, so did they actually burn the stumps? Oh, I don't know where they burned the stumps then. That's a good question. I'll have to take that question with notice. Okay. <laughs> That's what you hear them saying in Parliament and they don't want to answer it. I'll take that question with notice. Yes, notice. I'll get back to you. I, I'm going to get back to you. I'll try, I'll try and get back to you if I remember this okay. program. Uh, 1901, US President McKinley was fatally shot in New York. So this is a, 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 an American president. Yep. In 1901, was shot, assassinated, he died eight days later. Here's one you'll remember, Hunty. In 1997, Princess Diana's funeral. On this funeral, day. Funeral or did she die? No. It's a funeral. It's a funeral. On this day in 1997. Mm-hmm. Another one I know you'll know is 2007, Luciano Pavarotti died. What a voice. 71 years old. Do you know how he died? No. Pancreatic cancer. Ah. Yeah, what a voice. I can sit even to this day and listen to him with my eyes shut and just go into heaven. As I was getting out of the car today, I had Nissan, I don't know how you say it, Nissan Dorma oh, another playing. One. Yeah. Mm. I'm not going to dare to try and say it, but I, it's a beautiful <laughs> it's a style. Yeah. I think I've listened to that in your car with you. Yes. And then in 2019, Robert Mugabe, president of Zimbabwe, for 37 years died of old age at 95. I remember when I went to Zimbabwe, everywhere you went, you see pictures of Robert Mugabe. Mm. Mm. I'm, not, I'm not really sure what the Zimbabweans thought of him. But he ruled and reigned for a long time. So that's this day in history, August 6th. A little bit of a noise in the background there, Hunter. Don't worry, we're, we're in a public building, it's going to happen. Actually, there's some echo. Is that because we're in a public building? It's echo because there's a hard wooden basketball floor and hard brick walls, hard windows and a hard roof. So can our listeners hear the echo? Oh, possibly. Well, if you can hear <laughs> the echo... speak too loud. <laughs> so I should speak less? 
Maybe. Maybe softer. Can you hear the echo? Yeah, no echo now. Uh, can we do radio like this, just talking it at this level? It sounds weird. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, we're glad you're here. Hope you enjoy the program. And most of all, I pray that you will see for a little window into heaven and see clearly Jesus. You're listening to the Aussie Pastor here on Faith FM. And hunting? Yes. Because we're on the road? Yes. I forgot the most important thing. That's Were right, you, prayer. You remember, didn't you? Were did you, you pray? Also, did we, you also forget to turn your phone off? That's not me, mate. That was you making oh, that noise. Oh, was that mine? That's definitely you. I'm off. Oh, yep, yeah, well, definitely. I love that. That's <laughs> really I'm, weird. I'm live radio. I'm, I'm, I'm set to silent and I'm set to do not disturb. Yeah, well, you can check mine. It's a text from my beautiful wife and it says, I can hear an echo. <laughs> <laughs> I think we can, but we just can't talk like that. No, we can't. But we might try and talk a little quieter. Let me pray. Thank you, honey. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we come humbly before you this afternoon with one intent, and that is to lift you high and to share your love with our listeners, Lord. I also pray for our listeners, Lord, that you bless them with peace and love and look after our listeners, Lord. And we thank you for them, and we pray that you will bless them, Jesus, in your precious name. Amen. Thanks, Hunty. And I think our listeners are going to put up with this echo today, won't they? I think so. Can we do the music without an echo? Of course. This is one of my favourite songs. I've been dreaming of a city. This is coming straight out of Africa from a group called Sweet Symphony. I I think you're going to enjoy this, Hunty. Okay. Dreaming of a city Far beyond the sky When the suffering's over Get my wings and fly When Jesus says it's over Oh, what joy that will be When it's no more dreaming I'll be home at last I've been dreaming of a city, Jerusalem Jerusalem, Jerusalem, I've been dreaming of a city, Jerusalem, my home right up in the sky. Oh, sometimes I lose direction, Satan clouds my mind. Jesus stands to remind me that I'm a passing through instead of losing heaven. I must look to the day where it's no more dreaming. I'll be home at last. I've been dreaming of a city, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, Jerusalem. I've been dreaming of a city, Jerusalem, my home right up in the sky. I've been dreaming of a city, Jerusalem, 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 I've been 
dreaming of us to Jerusalem, my own rider in the sky. All of my troubles will be over this journey. A little while, a little while to go. that song it's a ripper that that's actually an adventist group wow and when i say adventist for those who are listening and not sure what i'm talking about it's actually the movement i belong to church i belong to seventh day adventist and that's an adventist group and i'm pretty sure they're from the same place mugabe was the president for 37 years zimbabwe wow and man can they sing they got a whole heap of songs i was listening to i think we might play some of them in the next few yeah, weeks let's i really really enjoyed that song hmm. and uh hmm. The skill and the harmonies of the voices, really, really nice. Hey, news story, Hunty. Hey, hey by the way, yes. just so our listeners know, it has been confirmed it was Hunty's phone that was dinging oh, I, and not I mine. I received two texts, uh, one more from my wife saying, you can't read. I said, I can't hear the echo. And one from one of our regulars, Lil, who says she can't hear the echo either. And she's a cheeky girl, that one. She's very she'd, cheeky. She'd let us know. She'd stir us up for it in a second if we were wrong. Yeah, she would. <laughs> um Hey, isn't it nice, seriously, yeah. having our wives down here? It is beautiful. Hunty's staying with his wife, and I'm staying in a little Airbnb with mine, and yep. it is very unusual for us to go mm. on the road and have both our wives. I had lunch with my wife today. It's great. You know, I love you, Lizzie, if you're listening. I really do. And Jackie, if you're listening, I love you more. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever <laughs> And and I love her extra more at the moment Because I'm getting something I never get And that is food laid Ooh, on Really? I get breakfast, lunch and dinner made for me But not just made for me mate You know we've been listening to Eddie Ramirez The last few weeks <laughs> yeah. Causing us massive guilt with our food <laughs> yep. intake And how to live well I've been living well down here I've been eating I don't want to go through with you what I've been eating today, but I had a fantastic breakfast and a magnificent lunch. So did I. And I got breakfast in bed this morning. I've had it in bed every day. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but anyhow, Lizzie, if you're there, we're very, I'm very glad to have you here. Um, 
News. You've been news. watching the news. Of course. I always ask you that. Bit of what, a, I'm a bit of a news hand. What about down here? Do you do you still tape it and watch it at the end? You know, I discovered something very interesting. Uh, in Sydney, I watched Peter Overton on Channel 9. Yep. And down here, it's Peter as well. Uh, are you getting it off the internet? No, watching Channel 9 off uh, off my satellite dish. Ah. Oh. So, for those of you who want to know, Hunty's off on holidays here in a caravan. <laughs> caravan. So, you've no, got, a got a satellite, satellite dish on, on the roof, and I picked up from Impaja or somewhere, I picked up Channel 9 News, and it's Peter. Oh, that wouldn't worry you. No, Melbourne News. It's great. I'm going to do it different today. I'm going to start with the good news story. I saw that. About da- time. Danny the horse. Love him. Was a racehorse. Yep. It was called Phantom Choice. He had a much uh, better name than that when he was racing. The best he ever got was th- third in some country race years ago and won two hundred bucks. Yep. So this is not this is not uh, R one or Gun Sin or Farlap or what's that horse Maccabi Diva, Diva who won yeah. three in a row. This is this is just a very ordinary racehorse. But you know what? He lives on the Sunshine looks Coast. Good. He turned 40 the other day. Amazing. That would be like you turning 150. <laughs> <laughs> and did you read why uh, why he, he's lived so long? They trim his hooves. Mm-hmm. They give him a good diet. Yep. He's living in a really nice paddock yep. with good company. And, yeah, and lots of vet bills. Yeah. What'd she say? I think 35000 so far. She must love him. Yeah. But he did look a lovable old fella, didn't yes, he? Oh, yes. I thought that was a good news story in, in a world you know, you know that horses often reflect emotions? Yeah. Yeah, and I think this lady enjoyed walking down and talking to her horse. Well, she used to talk. She still talks to him, doesn't she, yeah. every day? He tells, <laughs> tells the horse about her problems with her husband and her children. And, <laughs> and he doesn't back chat. That's it. The horse doesn't back chat. No. He's the perfect... Uh, the perfect listener. Yeah. <laughs> I might, might go and buy a horse. Um, this next story, Mad Monday, I put this in because it really bothers me. Really? I used to play football, never very good, and I never played very much. Explains your nose. It does explain <laughs> my nose, actually. It explains my nose, my knee, my ankle. Oh dear. What else can, can I complain about? <laughs> I, 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 I was saying the other day in this program down here in Warburton, I was sharing a little bit about my background. I got my ankle rebuilt, football. I got my knee Completely replaced with some German steel thing. Mm-hmm. Football. Football. I've had my nose broken seven times. Oh, dear. Football. Seven. Seven times. The last time I played. Is it this, painful? Actually, no. The nose doesn't hurt as much. Oh. The worst thing about it is I can't breathe. Yep. But one of the things, even back then when I wasn't really following the Lord Jesus, and again, I never played much and was never much good either, by the way, Hunty, so I'm not trying to build myself up as a sportsman here. Right. I was really, really, truly not much of a footballer. Um, but the alcohol around it. Right. And, you know, one of the saddest things, I saw one of these Aussie Rules teams, I won't name the guys or that, I, I'm not into that, but I, I, was, I was reading this morning, you saw the same thing. mm very, very famous Aussie Rules player. Now, I don't know nothing about Aussie Rules. It's one of the few sports I don't follow at all. I, I, can't, I don't even know how many players are on the team. What is it, 17, 18 or something or other? I don't know. It, it, they, they, I've got to be careful because we're in Victoria and we might get run out of the place. But yeah, you just kick this thing all over the place. It do. makes no run, sense to run us and all kick. of us. Yeah. yeah. Um, but one of the teams lost last weekend. And on Monday, I guess Sunday night, they partied all night into Monday. It's called Mad, Mad Monday. Monday. Yeah. You know what made me sad was when I saw this superstar, so blind drunk. This is a guy at the physically at the uh, 
apex of his Peak. physical powers. You know, yeah. He's never going to be better than he is now. I mean, he's as good as a human being can get. But here he is, so blind drunk that he was helped up by his mates and he's staggering away somewhere. And I yeah, thought, they scooped him up and put him in a taxi. Yeah, man, that is, to me that's just so sad that to have fun, you've got to go and get blind drunk. And it never used to make sense to me. I remember once when, when a, um, a team that I was involved with won the championship and everyone got blind drunk except me. Mm. I've never drunk alcohol, hunty. I'm not, not always walked for the Lord, but I never ever got, was interested in touching that stuff. And it's so sad when you see these great footballers getting into a place where they can barely walk. I guess I, I, I brought this up because I want to encourage you out there. Watch the alcohol. Don't, don't, don't let it dominate your life. Don't let it destroy you and certainly never get in a place where you're so inebriated you can't even stand up and walk. That is sad. That is mm. just really mm. sad. True. This next one, which I reckon is a big one, Hunty, famine at the door. Did, mm. did you have a look at this? I did. That's just horrifying. In Somalia. Yeah, a million people already have, have left their homes in search of just water and basic food. We think things are tough here in Australia, and they are, with the way interest rates went up again today, another half a percent, which is a big deal. Mm. I know for a fact that there are many families starting to struggle to put food on the table. Well, since the interest rate started, I think we've, some people are now spending $1,000 a month more on their mortgage mm. since these hikes began. And so Aussies are struggling out there, mm. but probably not to the extent they are in Somalia and Sudan and beginning to in Ethiopia in that horn of Africa yep. where together with drought and what's going on in Ukraine is causing a shocking, and it is shocking, isn't it, a, a, a shocking famine where mm. people are struggling to eat. Well, they've had catastrophic weather situations and lack of rain. It is amazing how much drought is in the world today. Mm. <laughs> when well, we, we here in Australia are dripping wet. I mean, we, we, we need some dry days, even down here. Um, leads us into the next news story too, Hunty. California steaming. Yeah. You know California really well. You, I, you've like lived, Calif- you've, I like California. You've lived in I California. Have. Temperatures store, soaring to 110 degrees Fahrenheit. How, how yeah, hot is that Celsius? Late, late 30s, high 30s. Is that all it is? I think 120 is 40, I think. Well, have to Google that. I, I'll, 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 I'll Google it's it now. Certainly up in the thirties, late thirties. Um, no, mate, you're out. You're way out. Really? Yeah, you are. What's, what's one hundred and ten? That, that gives me a, a little bit of pleasure, actually. Oh dear. <laughs> Forty-four degrees. Really? Yeah. Okay, that's hot. That is really hot. Mm. And they're having blackouts in this heat wave. And if you've got a blackout, there's no air conditioning. Mm. You know what it's like trying to sleep in that. But worse than that, raging fires all over the state. Yep. Causing havoc. And no water. They're no. running low on water everywhere. The Colorado River, where they get all their water from, yep. is, is uh, I think Lake Mead it is, Lake out Mead. there at Las yep. Vegas, is down to 25%. Yep. And so things are really serious in the world. And like we were talking about this last week, the droughts and the heat waves that are just stunning the world, destroying crops, all the water is going there. Again, I read again this morning that the, that the Three Gorges River, you know, that big dam, mm, it's going to run dry mm. unless it rains real soon. And that is really, really genuinely serious for millions and millions of people. Well, that not only provides 
water, but it provides electricity as well. And then you hear, on the other hand, they're talking. About, no, I don't know how true or not this is. They're talking about though icebergs melting in the in the Antarctic that are going to take water levels up eight meters. I mean, I wow. hope, hope that's not true. Wow! But the world, any way you look at it, is, is really struggling, isn't it? Mm. Really struggling. Yep. You can argue why it's struggling. But it is really struggling. And it just got me thinking again as I was reading the news. Um, when you see California, going, and this is not new to them, they've been struggling what, for how long now? A decade? My, my whole life. Your whole life? Yeah, seems to be like Australia. Uh, fire and drought. Yeah, but if you look at it at the moment with Lake Mead dropping and... Yeah, that's true. It's about a decade, I think, that they've been struggling over there. You look at the famines sweeping the globe. And you look at how people are struggling to live decent lives, really, um, with alcohol and some of these other things. I think it just tells us, look up, look east, because Jesus is coming real soon. You're listening to The Aussie Pastor, here on Faith FM. What about our hunty uh, RC Aussie Pass? I want to give another kick out for that. Yeah, love to. It's not too late. If you'd like to send in your questions, we would love to hear from you. And you can send them to us one of two ways. You can text them to us on 0488-880-851 or you can email them to us, info at aussiepastor.com. Now, hunty, yeah. you're saying that. Are you actually going to check them? Yeah, I always do. It's, my computer's live. But it is, it is live. Live right now. So you're checking to see if they come in. Every question I get between now and the start of the segment, well, I'll stick it in. Wow. Mm. Have we got enough room? Uh, depends. Your, your drops. Depends, <laughs> depends how much the handbrake hangs on to the handbrake. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's saying it depends how slow I go. That's All it. right. Let me not go slow. Let's let's look at let, let let's listen to this song. Why me, Lord? From yep. Chris Christopherson and friends. Chris Christopherson yep. and friends. He's an old old dude now, but yep. he sings beautiful songs. He does.
beautiful song of a man who's lived a life, not saying Chris Christopherson, but the song is about a man who's lived his life apart from Jesus yep. and he's come back and yep. Jesus has shown him mercy. I like that about mm. Jesus. Mm. He always shows mercy. Have we got Terry Goltz there? Let me see. Yeah, he's on mute. Let's see. Let's get him unmuted. Yeah. Hey, great mate. I think I can hear yeah. him. How are you, Terry, my old you friend? Can hear. In here, I can hear you. You're not very loud, but I can hear you. Oh, let's turn up some more. All righty, hunty sort thing. There we go. Here. Yep. How's that? Yeah. Yeah, that's better. Good. How are you, Terry? I'm well, thanks. Now you and me go back a fair yeah. while. Wouldn't want to. I can't remember how long, but it it's decades. The <laughs> you're a few years it older than me, is. but not a lot. You're my brother's groomsman at his wedding. And, yep. Uh, well, remember back there, it's a few years ago. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's your brother, Paul. We actually had him on a few weeks ago. Remember that, aren't we? We did. Yeah, it was great. It's the first time I really caught up with him and we catch up on live radio. <laughs> now, yeah, you, you, yeah. Li- you live around here somewhere, don't you? Yeah, just down the valley here, Yarra Junction. Okay, which how far is Yarra Junction? Just for our listeners who don't are not familiar from Warburton, where we are. Oh, about ten k. And you, you, you go to, if you want to. You can walk it if you want. I'll let Hunty walk that one. It's all downhill, Hunty. You'll be right. It'll be fine, yeah. Let's roll down. Yeah. Actually, you know, I've been riding bikes on these tracks around here. They're not all downhill at all, Terry. No, well, it's pretty well downhill to Yarra Junction. Just try riding back back the other way, and you'll know it's uphill then. Yeah, hard work, hard work. Now, now, Terry, you're not a Victorian. What are you doing down here? Where were no. you? Well, before you even answer that, where were you brought up? I was brought up in Queensland, the Lockyer Valley, and uh, around the Gatton area where we had a, a farm. Okay. And, uh, mixed farming, potatoes, cattle, dairy. Yeah. Was was my mate Paul born down there too? He was. Did you guys he move up to Toowoomba? Did you guys move up to Toowoomba? We moved when I when I uh, I left the farm when I started to uh, sell Christian books. Yeah, and oh. I went to Toowoomba. And did Paul and, move uh, up there too, when, or was was he the fa- did when he he moved there up when he uh, when uh, Dad sold the farm to do similar work. Okay, were you Dad brought up? A, were you brought up a Christian, mate? Yeah, I am privileged to have been brought up a Christian. I just remember well when I was little, going to the little Baptist uh, Sunday school um, up the uh, Lockyer Valley there. Okay, yeah. Well, tell us yeah. about your conversion to Christ, or were you always following Christ as a young guy, you know? Well, I think there comes a time in everyone's life where they where they um, come to grips with uh, following Jesus. My dad actually led me to Jesus. Oh, wow. And uh, at night, minding the cows uh, in the Lucerne, he would share how he gave his heart for when he was young and um, how great it was. And then soon after, when I was 12, I uh, listened to uh, a preacher talking about uh, Jesus and he made a call 
and uh, I was baptised after that, yeah. So uh, so you've been following Jesus since you were 12? That's when we were baptised, yeah. You never turned back on that walk with the Lord? No. Wow. How did you become an Adventist? Because you said, from what, from what I'm listening to, it sounds like you were brought up, at least for some time, a Baptist, which are a good group of people, actually. They are. Excellent. Yeah. Oh, my, dad, my dad, first of all, he wanted to be baptised by immersion. He, he read the Bible, and that's what led him to the Baptist church. And uh, he became a Baptist. And uh, they're, as you say, a fine group of people. We have many friends, my cousins, relatives, um, go to that little church still today. But um, he uh, read the Bible more and he struggled. He, he then learned that he wanted to keep the Sabbath according to the commandment. Yep. And so he looked for a church that was keeping the Sabbath and that's how he came to uh, become uh, Adventist. So were you baptised uh, a Baptist or were you baptised by in, in Advent? You know, yeah, we're all baptised into Christ. If you're baptised by immersion, I just want to make that clear. We recognise anyone baptised by immersion um, by the, you know, in the name of the Father, Son and the Holy Spirit has been baptised into Christ. But were you an Adventist or a Baptist when you were baptised? No, I was, I was an Adventist when I was baptised. My mum and dad weren't. They were baptised in the Baptist church and yep. they never, that was their baptism. And, yeah. Yeah. Um, so you finished school, did you, year 12? How did that work for you? No, I finished, a year, I finished when I was 13. Yep. And left school when I was 13. And uh, so I did eighth grade and a bit of, High school and uh, uh, went farming, share farming with my dad. Yep. And uh, yeah, until uh, um, later on, uh, you know, I got married in the meantime, and uh, then uh, I left the farm to sell Christian books. Well, we'll talk about that in a second. You said you got married. How old were you when you got married, and where did you meet your wife? I met her about uh, 56 years ago now, oh, uh, Lloyd. Yeah. <laughs> wow. And I uh, met her in Toowoomba. She was attending some uh, meetings on the Bible, and yeah. uh, that's, that's a good place to meet a wife. You must have been, and, uh, what, 13 or 14 when you met her? <laughs> no, a bit older than that. A bit older than that. Oh, okay. I was seventeen. Better. Okay, you yeah. you must be older than I think, mate. <laughs> you no, just looking good. Not. <laughs> so I started young. <laughs> so, so, how old were you when you got married? I was uh, nineteen. Okay, so you got married pretty young, really. Yeah. You yeah. you got kids? Yeah, yeah. We've got five children and grandkids. <laughs> And grandkids and 14 grandkids and three great-grandkids, yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> one thing I'll tell you, Terry Galtz, is you guys, the Galtz family, certainly are uh, producing well across the earth <laughs> because um, I think most of you are grandfathers and sometimes grand- great-grandfathers now, aren't you? That's right, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you're a Christian, you're a share farmer, 
Tell us first what is an LE or a lay of, is that the literature right word? Literature evangelist. evangelist. Tell they us what. They refer to them as literature evangelists, but they're people who sell Christian books. That's virtually Christian lifestyle books, books that will help people in the community, and, and uh, that's what the work is all about. So how did you... Uh, um, to lead people to Jesus. So, mm-hmm. so do you sell them what? Do you do you sell them through a store, or how do you actually sell no. them? Generally, door to door. These days, they would have party plans and a whole heap of different ways of uh, selling them. Pop up stores in shopping centres or uh, on the you know side of the the pa- footpath or whatever. But uh, may, a lot of just door to door. So, yeah. uh, okay, now that's called a literature evangelist. Evangelist. Selling books that's what they call basically door-to-door yeah. uh, about that's Jesus right. or and health and those sorts yeah. of things. That's right, yes. So how did you become one of them? Well, we, we had uh, prayed that the Lord would use us somewhere. Yeah. Uh, both Barbara and I. And we were visiting a church and we happened to hear a preacher talk about the literature ministry and share some experiences and we both felt independently that uh, that's what we should do. I had thought probably I'd like to do ministry yep. and uh, go to uh, college to study theology. Yeah. But we felt very much moved uh, to uh, sell Christian literature. So how old were you when this call from God came to you in your life? Yeah, I was 20. Very young. Now, you've been doing it then for how many years did you do it before you retired? Uh, We had just on 40 years. Can you make a living as a literature evangelist, actually selling books door to door? Or when you say party plan, I'm imagining that would be like a Tupperware party. Is that what you That's right. That's correct. My sister, Wendy, does, it leads out in that today and she runs uh, parties and trains people to do party plans, just like Tupperware. Yeah, so so can you books. make a living as an LE, as a literature evangelist? Well, I did it for uh, nine years and yep. uh, with a family of five. And so, um, yeah, and the, the Lord always provided. That's what I learned because it's it, you don't get any wages, just commission on what you sell. And and uh, but the Lord always provides, and He provided adequately for us. Do you ever give anything away for free? You certainly do. Wherever you have an opportunity, many times you find people that cannot afford. Or when we have small books and that you give away, sometimes folk even give you books so. That you can give them away. So uh, there are those that uh, like to sponsor you that way and and provide little books for you to give away. Okay, this is the one that scares me because, to be honest, Terry, I really struggle going door-to-door. <laughs> Do you ever cop abuse going door-to-door? Very rarely, I'm glad to say. Very rarely. And when you do, it's often your own fault. Oh, okay. Um, and you're not there to get people off offside you're not there to have arguments uh, on doctrine or religion or anything like that you're there just 
to uh, talk about uh, health and and talk about Jesus when that opportunity arises, not to pressure people, not to to pour it over their heads or anything like that, just to to talk about Jesus when the need arises. And there are some needy people. People often need uh, to know about Jesus, and they're you know having difficulties and need encouragement. Yeah. Mm. Do you work in the rain? Work in the rain? I tell you, when I was in Mount Isa, and I spent a number of years in Mount Isa, uh, we we would uh, stop when it rained to celebrate. But uh, when I moved to New Zealand from the end of seven years, I was only in New Zealand for a week, and I had to buy an umbrella, otherwise I'd be sitting down all the time. So, so uh, I have an umbrella, and uh, I've still got the umbrella today. It's got a bit of a dog bite on it. But I've still got the umbrella. Ah, <laughs> oh, so dogs do attack sometimes, huh? <laughs> All right. <laughs> now and again, I'm a realist. You know, uh, the, the Lord protects you, but, uh, um, yeah, there are still dogs, and the Lord's given you a good, a good set of eyes. So And a good set of legs to run. <laughs> no, I don't tempt dogs generally. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, do, do you ever come across... Anyone who wants to know more about Jesus is that a regular thing or not really? Or sometimes it is. Well, it's not maybe not regular, but um, sometimes you do find people that want to know about Jesus. Um, people often want you to pray with them, and they're discouraged, or they've had a yeah. um, they've had a, a, a death in the family, lost yeah. a loved one. Yeah. And you come along at the right time and you're able to just talk to them and encourage them. And uh, that's what our work's all about. It's, it's uh, yeah. Uh, what's a book you've sold more than any other? Probably uh, Today, Tomorrow New because we included that book with most of our sets. So okay. we sold health books. We would include that book with our health set. We sold Bible stories, the... 10-volume Bible story series, we'd sell that one with it as well. But it's purely a basic book about where we get the Bible from, just the introduction to the Bible okay. and some of the things the Bible talks about. Do you, yeah, do you sell Bibles or do you give Bibles? How does that work? Both. Both give Bibles and sell them. We have you know, big family Bibles we, or other nice Bibles we sell. But uh, we also carried free Bibles too for those that couldn't afford a Bible. Do, do people, did, did you sell many Bibles or was that not a big seller? No, we sold a lot of Bibles. Okay. It's surprising how many people want Bibles. Yeah. Can you tell me just a short story of someone whose life was changed by a book you sold them? Yes. Um, I, I, like, in Mount Isa, when I worked there, um, I used to sell the Uncle Arthur's bedtime stories. Now, some years later, uh, some years later is my uh, privilege to go back there with a team of literature evangelists. After I'd come home from New Zealand and, and I'd been up there, and we were doing a book display in the Civic Centre of Mount Isa. Yep. And uh, a young fellow, about 25, 26, came through, and he looked at the children's books and he said, I'd really love those children's books. And I said to him, you're married? He says, not yet. But he said, I'm going to be married. He said, uh, I said, well, why do you want the children's, these children's books? Well, he said, I was just a little boy. 
someone called and sold these books to my parents. And he said, I always thought that if I ever had the opportunity, I would want a set of books to read to my kids when I had them. Yeah, awesome. And he said, here they are. So he said, I'm buying them for when I get married. And he, here he was, he said that they'd influenced his life as a young person growing up. I remember calling on his parents yeah. uh, years before. Mm. Yeah, that's a beautiful story. Mm. And it is very emotion- yeah, mo- it's emotional, isn't it, when you know that yeah, you've been able to... Yeah, it is. And, and just a side thing there, Lloyd, while I was there in the, in the uh, Civic Centre, the uh, minister from the minister's return, well, I think it was the yeah. Church of England man in, yep. the, in the town, he said to me, he said, you know what? He said, the team at the Minister's Fraternal prayed for you guys today. Yeah, he nice. said, we really prayed that the Lord would be with you as you visited the homes in Mount Isa here. And I thought, that's pretty nice, you know. It's a beautiful thing. I think they recognise, like we do, that you're out there sharing Jesus in, in a very powerful way. Yeah, you, that's you, right. He did. And he was a fine Christian man. You know that Uncle Arthur's... Bible stories, the 10-volume set you're talking about. Yes. As a kid, I reckon that helped me to know the Bible more than... Because my mum and dad would read from that every single day to us. Mm, me too. You yeah. too? Mm. Changed my yeah. life. And, and yeah. uh, My wife came to the Lord by reading that she, uh, a literature evangelist called when she was a teenager. So it wasn't long before I met her. Yeah. And... Uh, um, they bought, her parents bought the Bible story and that's what gave her first interest in. Hey the Terry, Bible. if someone listening to our program now would like to get their hands on this amazing series, is there somewhere online they can go to get, get a set? Yes, the local publishing house up the road. Oh, next to where we are here in Wilberton. Signs. That's right. Yeah, signs. But if you're not, but if you're not in Wilberton, is there somewhere you can go to well, get you, your hands you, on a set? Google signs. Okay, buy it online. There you go. Yeah, yeah, Google or um, yeah, you'll find them online. What's it called? Uncle Arthur's bedtime stories. No, no, no. no. Uncle Arthur's Bible, Bible stories. Bible stories. Bible story. Yep. The bedtime We've stories. Them a few years ago. What was that? Sorry, got a modern translation. Okay, yeah, the Bible story. Updated them, mate. Um, We updated them a few years ago. Before I retired, we updated. You know, when I had, when we had our first two kids, the first thing I did was go out and buy that ten-volume set of Bible stories. Same, seriously, man. Yeah, it's the first thing I did because I remembered, and I remembered my knowledge of the Bible being really good. When I'd go to school yeah. and play, and I'm, I know it was because of those Bible stories, which are actually That's very true. accurate to the Bible. The guy who wrote them, be. Arthur Maxwell, doesn't wander at all from the Bible, but he just opens no. it up for kids, and it's inc- they're incredible. Um, they did. They are. They're, and, and if you read a, if you read a story every day, read the whole Bible through in a year. Yeah, yeah. Um, in yeah. fact, um. I'm going to get Hunty to look up where we can get them online <laughs> and we'll let you know because they're that good. They are really that. Not that we started this interview off thinking about that actually, but um, we've all been impacted by them. Um, can someone still be an, uh, a literature evangelist today or is this a lost art, a lost ministry? No, it still can be. You still can be a literature evangelist today and uh, you would need to, and again, um, I mean, I guess 
Um, if anyone was interested in doing that at some time, and I've found many people over the years, even some of my customers wanted to be to do the same work. Yeah, and uh, they have training courses, and they show them how to do it. And, and uh, yeah, you can go through. People at the signs can put them on to. Yeah, all right. Do something that to do it. Yeah, I've done some googling. The first yeah, place that yeah. came up was the Adventist Book Centre, and then the second place yeah. that came up was Amazon dot com. Wow. Yeah, they have them too. Amazon sells them too. Yeah. They sell them because they're the best them. series of Bible studies for kids, Bible Bible stories for kids you're ever gonna, you ever, yeah, gonna, you can't get, get better anywhere. That's it. That's just how it is. Right. By the way, did yeah. you sell many of them? We did. We sold a lot of them. Uh, okay. Lloyd. I love those Bible stories, and uh, and the we today we've got. You know, you had my Bible friends and others. Yeah. A lot of Bibles for kids. Yeah. yeah. The, the, for me, yeah, the my yeah. Bible's friends were. This is another little series. They were used yeah. by my dad and mum while we were very young, and as we got a bit yeah. older, yeah. then we we graduated to uh, the ten volume Bible <laughs> Bible uh, story set by Maxwell. Hey, uh, um, you actually spent what? 30 years or more training people how to be literature evangelists. That's right. Yes. So yeah. you, that you were actually recognised yeah. as one of the very best to, that you got into that sort of role, weren't you? Well, no, I don't, wouldn't say that. I, just the Lord led uh, Lloyd. The Lord led us, and He had a work for us to do. God blessed you, man. Yeah, the Lord blessed us, and and uh, then when when we come to restructure the publishing there in '92. Uh, then it was a, a whole heap of changes for our work, and, and uh, the Lord blessed us. Well, I think the main thing is you keep going. Um, final question, and I think I, you've already answered this, what inspired you to do this work? Yes, well, just the fact that we believe that the Lord wanted us to do something for him. You were called. That's what it, and, that, and we've been praying about it, and the Lord impressed us at the same time, yeah. You're a humble man, you're a man of God, and I want to thank you for a lifetime of work for him, and, and thanks for taking the time to spend some time with us here um, on radio this afternoon, Terry. Mm, thanks, Terry. Yeah. Uh, thanks for the opportunity. Yeah. Thanks. God bless you, mate. Catch you later. <laughs> you're listening to The Aussie Pastor here on Faith FM. He is a good guy, Terry. An amazing man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've always looked up to him. He's a few years older than me. Not a lot. He's about a decade ahead of me. Yep. But and he's, he was the older brother of me and a, a bunch of crazy fellas, you know. He was one <laughs> of the older guys. And, he, uh, you know, I always remembered him as someone who loved the Lord Jesus deeply, was humble. Yep. And used his gifts yep. very powerfully. Um, and he he went out, he sold books for Jesus, but he won a lot of people through that to Jesus and his cause too. And a really beautiful guy. Um, this next song, yep, Hunty, I love living in I love living in love with Jesus. This is again our friend May Picky, yep, and her husband. Yep, I think he's on the he's on the um, on the guitar and the, the piano. Yeah, and, and he edits it, and he sweetens it, and he's done the strings and the drums. He's done all of the music. He does everything all the you do on this show. He's a tech guru, <laughs> isn't he? He's but I think bloke. you'll like this song from yep. my Peaky. I love living in love with Jesus.
nice, Hunty. Beautiful. Enjoy that. Um, that's May Piki and mm. her husband, Sam. Indeed. Um, singing up beautiful song for the Lord Jesus. Hey, I've noticed in life, um, don't like to say this too much because it's ageing me, Hunty. Ooh. 32 years in ministry. How, how long have you actually been working for the Lord? So if I'm 32 yeah, years, yeah, yeah. and I, st- I started when I was 26. I got my first job working for Adventist Media Centre when I was in year 11, part-time. So it's 82, So you're, if, if you're 63 now... 40 years. You're 63 now. It's more than no, no. 40 years. I'm 63. Don't do that to me. <laughs> it took you a while sure, to pick up sure on my... Sure, you because I'm old. Because I'm old. Got no hair. <laughs> so you're 17. Did you say 16? I think I've done about 40 years. Yeah. 82 to 222. 2022. One thing I've noticed is when you're following Jesus and, and you're having a go, it can sometimes be difficult to get rid of these pesky habits and... Sins and mm. um, I ran. I, I ran in my forty years. I didn't. It's not always been working for the for the Lord. I ran and he ran and me up and he brought me back. Yeah, mm. can be hard to get rid of these addictions that get into our lives. I'm thinking particularly, you know, of this these these poor guys who finish their footy match and just drink themselves into oblivion. <laughs> yep. And you try and get out of that sort of a lifestyle. You get these guys who are caught in pornography. You see them trying to get out of that. That is that is something I can tell you that'll it gets people in a in a chains and a vice grip, men and increasingly more and more women now, and they can't get out of it. Wow! Or there's lifestyle choices we make, and and uh, we get into this lifestyle, and we just try as we might, we can't get out of it. Sometimes it seems to me, Hunty, that sin is almost in our DNA. You know, my. Yep, I feel like that. You can see generations of families, I've seen this, falling to the same temptations, the same sins, the same habits and the same addictions. Have you ever noticed that? I see some of the problem things that I struggle with. My dad did as well. Really? Yep, so I can agree with that. Well, I I, I think it kind of, I'm not saying it comes through the DNA, but sometimes it almost seems to, and it seems that you can have... Sins and addictions in your life that you've got more of a uh, leaning toward than other things. I mean, yes. for me, yes. I, there's no way in the world that I'm going. You can come to my house. Yep. You could leave, and your wallet always has a lot more money in it than mine. <laughs> and you could leave your wallet accidentally on the table. I'm never going to steal one cent out of your wallet. I'm not even going to open your wallet. Yep. That's just how I am. So yep. I've, ne- I've I've never been tempted to steal stuff. What if there was a Tim Tam or some chocolate in my wallet? That would be different. <laughs> I was about to say, but one of my habits is, and, and this is why I like to listen to Eddie Ramirez in the last couple of weeks, one of the things I've got to break, and it's very difficult for me, is food. Now, it's not that food's bad for you, but you can be eating and addicted to, and I, I believe food, bad food, especially sugar and stuff, mm. can be quite addictive, very addictive, actually. Just for me. Uh, and so... To break, and that's a simple one. There's far more sinister things in our lives than food mm-hmm. that we cannot. And, and there are some of you listening out here right now have habits and addictions, and, and and you cannot break it. And there are a lot of people out there who have habits and addictions. They think they can break it whenever they want. Well, here's the deal: go and break it and see how hard it is. Because I can tell mm-hmm. you, a lot of the time we have habits, addictions, and lifestyles that we're into, almost a part of our DNA. You hear what I'm saying? 
a part of who we are, and we can't break it, we can't overcome them, we can't escape. Mm. But we can. Do tell. There's not one sin. And by the way, the only place I can go to in all the world that defines for me what is wrong and right, what is light and darkness, what is sin and what is not, is the Bible. Yep. So if you come to me and you say, how do you define sin? Well, I define sin by how the Bible defines sin. If the Bible says it's a sin, for me it's a sin. If the Bible doesn't say it's a sin and advances it, then it's not. And, and I would encourage our listeners to take that stand too. The Bible and the Bible only. Now the Bible shows us how to escape from the most addictive of sins. You can be put by Satan in chains and thrown to the darkest dungeons on earth. Talking symbolically. Yep. Jesus has got a way out and here it is. And we often miss this, hunty. So let's look at this little passage of scripture because we're doing Bible study now, mate. It's not long. Mm. But here is the power on how you can escape. This uh, Romans chapter 7, verse 21, Hunty. Oh, this is my text. This is me. Here we go. I can read this with great passion. I have discovered this principle of life, that when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong. Okay, okay, okay. That's me. That's someone who's addicted to something. Okay. Because you want to do what is right, so that's your desire. Not, yep. I'm not talking you now. Yep. I think this is not just you. This is all of us. Of course. So you want to do what is right, but you go and do what is wrong. That's mm-hmm. addiction. Mm-hmm. Go on. I love God's law with all my heart, but there is another power within me that is at war with my mind. This power makes me a slave to the sin that is still within me. People say, I cannot escape this. It's who I am. Are they right? Yeah. It is who you are. The addictions I've had in my life, Hunty, yep. and I've had some pretty serious ones, mate, I'm telling you, yep. steeped in darkness that I could not escape. Some of them for years. You hear what I'm saying? I am. Could not escape. Those addictions that I've had in me is a dark power that has enslaved me and I just cannot get out. I know what this feels like. This is pretty serious stuff, Hunty. Is. Someone's caught in a sin, caught in a behaviour, caught in a lifestyle they cannot escape. And I think that's the first thing to recognise, Hunty. Mm. If you try and escape a habit, a vice, um, a behaviour, the first thing you've got to do and you can't escape and you've tried, and I've seen people try <laughs> decades of their lives, many decades and not escape. Mm. You, the first thing you've you got to acknowledge, well, I, I just can't get out of it. And, and what's verse 24 say? What oh, what a miserable person I am. Who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? Thank God. The answer is in Jesus Christ, our Lord. So you see how it is in my mind. I really want to obey God's law. But because of my sinful nature, I am a slave to sin. It's because of how we're born. It is right. in our DNA. It's in our DNA. Wow. So when people say, this is how I was born, or this is how I am talking about sinful behaviour, remember it's the Bible that defines sin, they're actually saying the truth. You know, I come from a family, hunty, yep. that's addicted to alcohol. Yep. They can't escape it. They can try, but it's almost impossible. It's got them chained. Now the Bible gives us a little clue there. How do you escape it, hunty? Verse 25. 
Uh, thank God the answer is in Jesus Christ our Lord. So that's how you escape it? Through Jesus Christ our Lord. It is? His grace. Practically bring that home for me or you, you don't want well, to. Well, for, for, for me the steps are acknowledge my sin, it's in my prayers. So you acknowledge, that's the first thing you do. Yeah. I can't escape. I'm in jail. Yeah. I can't get out. Okay, I like that. Mm. Then what? So coming to the realisation that I am a sinner and that I do have a problem, then I go to the Lord in prayer and I say, Lord, can you please help me with this? I've done that and still failed. Yeah, me too. And failed? And that's failed. because I'm a miserable sinner. So Yeah, but I've acknowledged. So, so, so are we in this place where we say, what a miserable person I am, I can't escape? Because, you know, that's what I'm seeing most people... I know where we're going here. I'm looking at Romans 8. <laughs> that's what most people say. Yeah. I've tried. I've been to God. I've asked him for help, and he hasn't given it to me. I've, I've, I've heard that story over and over, over and, and over, over in my 32 years of ministry. Yep. I went to God. And did they? Yes. They prayed. Did they? Yes. But I couldn't escape. What is going wrong? This is kind of the story of my ministry these days. I'll tell you what I'm about to share. Yep. This is the most powerful thing because people stop reading at the end of Romans 7. The answer is in Jesus Christ. Okay, but what does that mean? Well, Romans 8 gives us the answer. You've got to go to the next chapter, yes, Andrew Hunt. Yes, You've got yes, to yes. go to the next chapter. I love Romans 8. Romans 8 verse 1. Read it, mate. So now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. Okay, no condemnation for you. You've come to him, mm. you're in trouble. You know what I've noticed, whether it's my friends or my family or even the church, if I get caught out doing something wrong and the darker and the worse and the more bad it is, the greater is the what? Condemnation. Condemnation yes. We are good at judging each other. We are. But if you come to Jesus with your sins, with your addictions, with your habits, with your vices that you cannot overcome, just come to Jesus like you said, Hunty. Mm. Here I am, Lord. Here is everything I am, including all these vices. I can't overcome them, but I come to you. What does it say? There is no what? There is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. condemn you. Mm. And now we get the answer. Because you belong to him. Okay, who do you belong to? Him, Why? Because you said, Jesus, come into my heart. Yes. The moment you pray that, you belong to him. Yep, that's it. And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. The power? You dumb that down for us. Of the life-giving spirit. I'll dumb it down for you. Go to Luke chapter 11. You like that, Hunty? Yes, if I had with, a Bible with, in front of me with, the computer. <laughs> with, without any notice. You want me to do it? No, Because Luke chapter 11. Right. I love putting Hunty on the spotlight. This. Right, okay, computer's good. Luke 11. Verse 11 through to 13. I know a lot of guys when they do this, they go through the Bible study together and they talk about it and they prepare it. We don't work like this in this place, no, do we? Let me, let me just change to my favourite version. I now am in love with the NLT. Oh, you're an NLT man, I am now. I like after, after that text we just did in Romans 7, I've never heard it that good. I like NLT, I like CEV, I like NKJV. Yep. I like a whole lot of them. I like the message. Oh, this is about the fish. That's the one. So we start with verse 11. Well, the question is, how do I get the life-giving spirit? Yep. Who's this life-giving spirit? How do I overcome? Because we, we kind of leave it up in the air, don't we? Yes. How do I overcome? Well, practically, dumb it down for me, just like you said. Yep. Practically, how do I do it? Read verse 11 to 13. You fathers, if your children ask for a fish, do you give them a snake instead? Or if they ask you for an egg, 
do you give them a scorpion? Of course not. So, if you, sinful people, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask you? So how do you get the Holy Spirit? You ask. And when you ask for the Holy Spirit, that's a third person of the Godhead, aren't Yep. You just ask for the most powerful force on in the universe. That's it. This is God. You've just asked for God. Now, here's the supernatural part that mostly in Western culture we don't get, and this is a tragedy, because this is a secret to overcoming the vices, the habits, the sins that are in your DNA that you cannot overcome. Get down on your knees and ask for the Holy Spirit. Yep. But it doesn't end there, hunty. When he comes and he will come and you will hear him, this is supernatural, but it's the truth. When he comes, the Holy Spirit will come, you will hear him. What should you do? Obey. Obey, yep. Obey. So if you ask for him, he will come to you. He will talk to you. He'll go down into your heart, into rooms that not even you can reach. So he's in your heart. He's talking to you. He's in your mind. He's talking to you. And you say, hunty. Mm. And then he'll talk to you about whatever sin it is that you've got in your life. And in his own way, he'll say, stop. And then you've got to what? Obey. That's where it gets hard. Because he's going to ask you to stop things that are part of who you are. That are pleasurable. Yeah, that's the that's worst. That you enjoy. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and it comes down to trust. Lord, I'll do it. I trust you. You know, I've had sins and habits that are so ingrained in me, so much a part of me that my entire body is screaming out for that sin, hunty, whatever it is. And I've had to say to the Holy Spirit, I believe you, I trust. And it, you've got to endure. But he's there with you. And I'm going to talk to you next week a bit further and a bit more about this because I think it's a really important subject. But today, if you do nothing else, and if you don't know Jesus, you've got habits, you've got vices, you've got sins you need help with. If you do nothing else, start asking for the Holy Spirit. Listen for his voice. And when he comes, obey. You're listening to the Aussie Pastor here on Faith FM. Hunty. Yep. What about that? Ask the Aussie Pastor. Is it too late? Nope. It's not too late. You can still get, well, we're getting pretty full, but we'd still love to hear from you. If you want to send in your question, 0488 880851. That's the text number, 0488 880851. Or you can email us your questions, info at aussiepastor.com. This is an interesting song, this next one. We've never played it before. Cool. It's, it's called His Name is Jesus. It's from a Filipino Adventist girl. Her name is Rodia Delawas. I'm pretty sure I've butchered up that second name. You reckon you can do better? How not would you a, not say? Not a chance. <laughs> Delawas. She, she's not only singing the song, hunty. Yep. She wrote it. Nice. She wrote the song and she wrote the words. And look, she sings it fair enough. I, I don't mind her singing at all. But... The, the thing that really impacted me about this song was the words. As I don't encourage you to listen to this song, listen especially to the words because they're very, very powerful.
great words, Humpy. What a great song. Actually, um, it's interesting watching Filipinos do these American country western songs. <laughs> America has a great influence on the Filipino culture. I've noticed that. Yep. Um, yeah, anyway, have we got Harold on board? Let's see. You there, Harold? I'm there, Lloyd. I'm here. Okay, I can I can kind of hear him there, Hunty. Is yeah, it? he so can't he can't see you today, Harold. Only I can see you today. How was your trip to uh, Lord Howe? Well, Lord Howe is a great place. It's beautiful and the lovely people. You know, there's about three hundred and fifty people live on the island, and I guess there are three churches there. The Adventist Church would be one of the main ones, with the Anglican, the Catholic, and we have. A lot of people when we were there were taking their holidays. It was the winter time, and they used that to come and get medical and dental stuff over here, and they're all coming back now, and the tours are starting. But great walks, beautiful water, colours and everything. Did you swim? trees. Did you swim while you were there? No, it's a bit cold to swim, but we walked everywhere. Yeah, I've never been to... Have you been to Lord Howe, Hunty? Nope. We need to go there sometime. Can you arrange, Harold, for us to go there? So, <laughs> <laughs> where you to go? Would you like to go for a couple of weeks? Oh, I'd love to go over there for a couple of weeks. It'd be beautiful, wouldn't it? Is there anything sure. to film? Anything to do? Like, and is the internet good enough for radio over there? Could we do our radio program? Yes. Well, I used internet. I think you could use internet. Okay. Okay. Might have to pre-record it, Hunty. Send him a pre-recorded program, <laughs> not a live program. Oh, well. Let's get on to this. You ready to go, Hunty? Uh, Hunty, Harold? <laughs> Hunty's always ready to go. Hey, we're going to talk about the Lollards. Who were the Lollards? Well, the Lollards were a group of Christian uh, people who went across England in the 14th and 15th centuries, and they just preached Jesus and the Bible. What on a name were they known by, or was it just the Lollards? Well, they were lies. It was Lollardism or Lollardry or the Lollard movement. But the word Lollard, it was really a very derogatory term and it was sort of their bad nickname, but that stuck with them. Funny you say that because even today that word Lollard, it, it kind of doesn't sound quite right, does it? <laughs> That's right. Where, where did, so where did the name come from? Just remind me again. Well... The name, as I say, it was a popular derogatory term. The most of the, the churches said these are, we'd say like they're scabs. They're lollards. And uh, it came that way. They were, it was their nickname for these preachers who went all across England preaching the Bible. But these people loved Jesus, of course. Well, they sure did. And they, they, they even took a lot of punishment for it they were they weren't welcomed in a lot of places but they really were we would call them pre-reformation and they they believed many of the things that the reformation brought out too who initially led the movement or did, was it leaderless well john Wycliffe was a roman catholic theologian he was uh, uh, tossed out because when he was at the university of oxford he criticised the Catholic Church, and so he finally went to a little place called Lutterworth, and, but he trained these followers to go all around England. Do we know much about John Wycliffe? Oh, yes, we know a lot about him. 
he he uh, stood up for it and he said it's the scripture was the answer and of course that brought him into conflict with his church. Okay, um, these lollards. So they've got a leader. They're running around England really sharing the gospel. Yeah. Were they well educated? No, they weren't well educated. They were poor. They were virtually uneducated. But they, their, a Bible had just been translated into English and they loved it and they used that as their weapon. Wherever they went, they shared the Bible. By the middle of the 15th century, what were they called? Well, these lords then were given a stronger term. They were now called heretics. The church hated them because they pushed everything to the Bible. So when, when we talk about the church, we're, we're mostly talking about Rome. Is that correct? Correct. Yeah. What did they believe in the Bible? What you know, or, or what do they? Well, what do they believe about the Bible, and what did they believe in the Bible? Do we know? Well, we'll go through all their deep beliefs shortly. But let me say, the term "sola scriptura" came with Martin Luther. Yep. But they saying the same thing. It's all in the Bible. The Bible is your authority. The Bible is God's word. And you listen to the words of God here, and if it's not in there, it's not what we should practice. And so they were Bible believing, Bible preaching, and Bible followers. Okay. Well, what did they oppose in Catholicism then? If Catholicism was was king in England, what did they oppose about Catholicism? Well, they didn't like how the leaders of the church were super wealthy. That was the first thing, and. Uh, they didn't like the, the doctrine of transubstantiation that the wafer in the mass became the actual body of Christ. They couldn't believe that, and they said that's not right. Um, they also didn't like going to confess to a priest. They said that's okay. not scriptural. Yep. And, uh, they really, they really are early Protestants, aren't they? They were. They didn't like if you prayed to saints. Yep. Uh, and if you honor their images, they said you're, they're idols. Yeah. And so they, it's, they were very Protestant, but back in the 14th and 15th century. So that's the 1300s to the 1400s. Now, you kind of intimated it did, but did it bring them trouble and how much? Oh, they surely got a lot of trouble. When they put all this together, uh, they, they weren't welcome in a lot of places but they really prepared the way for a reformation that came after them. They, they, yeah, they had to take a lot of opposition wherever they went. So they copped a lot of heat. Um, what were their beliefs defined in? Well, they had what they called their conclusions, and they had about a dozen of them. And they said, one, we don't like the church leaders getting wealthy. We don't want the priesthood saying their ordination ceremonies. They said that's not valid, that's not scriptural. Yep. They didn't like the, the fact that priests wouldn't marry. They said that's not scriptural. They didn't, we've mentioned transubstantiation. They didn't like saints being hallowed. And this week I noticed one of the previous popes is on the way. Okay. They didn't like the, 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 the saints being held up like that. They didn't like the priests or the leaders of the church holding secular. They couldn't be religious and state. Yeah. Um, 
and they said if you bring relics, of course, the, the country was flooded with these relics of the cross and everything. They said that's rubbish. You yeah. can't have that. And they said a, a priest can't forgive your sins. Yeah. Only God forgives sins. Yeah. So these were really, and they didn't like them going off to, to fight crusades. I said, that's not a Christian at all. Yeah. It sounds, again, sounds very Protestant to me. Um, Excellent. They were early, early Protestants. That's where they were. Were they organised? Did they have a hierarchy? No, they didn't. They had no organisation, no hierarchy. They were just tied together by the beliefs they'd found from the Bible. What do they want to do with the Catholic Church? I mean, they're running, they're, I'm just wondering, what did they actually want to do with the church in England at the time? Well, they wanted to move out of the church and be on their own because they thought the church was leading them astray. Mm. So they said, let's get out. Let's leave the church. Let's take the Bible as our, as our authority. And you kind of mentioned this, but what did the Lollards prepare England for? Well, I think they really set the stage that later on you have uh, the Reformation hits England and finds a great place there, but the basis had been laid by these people that was emphasised later, 100, 200 years later. You know what they remind me of, Harold? Seriously? John the Baptist preparing the way for Jesus. They were the ones who prepared the way. They sure were. God always sends someone to prepare the way, doesn't he? Um, yes, he did. But having John Wycliffe, the great Bible translator, in the middle of their midst certainly didn't hurt either. He, he, no, no. he, he was a tremendous witness, and his life was a tremendous witness for Christ. And they may not have had immediate leadership around them, but he must have been an inspiring figure for them. That's for sure. Uh, what do you think, final question, what do you think we can learn from the Lollards today? Well, I think the way they put the Bible as the centre of all beliefs and you find the answer in Jesus, you follow the Bible and you can't go wrong. And I think that's the thing that they had in their time and we need that now. We need the Bible, the, what the Bible says, and we need to follow it and read it and study it and follow it. I think I must be a Lollard, hunty. <laughs> I think I'm a Lollard <laughs> Because if there's one thing And Hunter will back me up on this I'm on Is the Bible and the Bible alone That's it I believe the Bible is a, Is the one authority the, the, the one place we can go to That defines all other claims to truth There's all other There's lots of truth out there But in the end It's, it's the Bible that defines What is and isn't truth And gives us the story of Jesus So I'm, I'm a Lollard Harold And I think you might be too well, sola scripture, only scripture. That's it. Sola Christa, only Jesus. You know, these yeah. are the answers. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's a good one. I enjoyed that, and, and I enjoyed the story about those those men and women, and what a privilege it is to suffer persecution and derogatory names and oppression for Christ, and their reward will be rich when we get to heaven. Amen. God bless you, Harold. Thanks, Harold. See you next Thanks, time. Thanks, Lord. Thanks, Andrew. All the best. Bye-bye. Thanks. You're listening to the Aussie Pastor here on Faith FM. 
not sure about calling myself a lollard because that name does have a derogatory sort of a turn, you know, ring to it, it just, doesn't it? It just sounds like you're no good. You know, if I were to say to you, you're a lollard. I'd, I'd take offence immediately. <laughs> but, of course, it's, it's a beautiful term. It is. Here's men and women who stood up for Jesus when no one else would. Yep. And who took the abuse. And you know what, Hunty, I know this too. Again, 32 years of it. You do cop some abuse when you follow Jesus and you advance his cause. A lot of it doesn't make Especially sense. in your profession. Yeah, it stings. Mm. But in some ways it's a privilege because we follow in the footsteps of our master. Yep. Perhaps that's a good lead into this next song from the Collingsworth mm. family singers. It is. Show a little bit of love and kindness. And perhaps that's what we need to do, even with those who don't agree with us. Show a little bit of love. Show a little bit of kindness.
good singing, full of joy and happiness, and the words are wonderful. Show a little bit of love and kindness. So out there, remember that today. When someone disagrees with you, show a little bit of love and kindness, auntie. Mm. Yeah. Are you good at that? I try. Every day, try. You're actually very good at that. You do that one better than me. You've got a kind, soft, delicate, gentle, sensitive (laughs) heart. It almost sounds like it almost sounds like you're having a go. No, no, I'm serious. You I'm joking. I asked the Aussie pastor. Ask the Aussie pastor. All right, let me see what we've got. We got some questions come in. Yeah, we have. Um, you know what? I'd like to start this segment with a shout out to Trish. I think Trish is one of our regular listeners. And she has something very nice to say about you. She says, thank this you. This is a little bit of love and kindness. It's a bit of love and kindness from Wait, Trish. Did this just come in today? Uh, I don't remember. I picked this up, I think, on the... He's checking it out. Uh, possibly. He hasn't got his couple glass. Of days. He hasn't got his glass. All right, so it's, from, it's from Trish, and she says, thanks so much for your very engaging programs. It's very uplifting to listen to positive, supportive people such as yourselves. I live alone and it's like having friends visit when I play your programs. God bless you both. Blessings, Trish. P.S. Liska has a beautiful voice. Um, we are your friends, Trish, and we right. love the invitation you're giving, in, giving to us to come into your home. And yes, Liska does have a beautiful voice. She looks good too. All right. This first Did you question. hear that last one? She's got a beautiful voice, but she looks good too. Okay. My, my wife's listening. I can't agree. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Um, first question's a tough one, mate. My daughter is expecting a child but isn't married. I feel conflicted about this. Do I celebrate with her or am I supposed to act differently as a Christian parent as I know this isn't God's plan? I've I got two daughters and that's a great question. As you're reading that, I'm thinking, what if that was one of my daughters? Mm. Uh, i got one daughter who's 24, and I've got another one who's 19, and they both have boys in their lives, hunty. Yep. Um, your daughter gets pregnant out of wedlock, which is pretty average for Australia today. It happens more, I think, probably... To, I'd be interested to see whether more babies are actually born out of wedlock than in, hunty. Mm. It's a non-event as far as the world's concerned. Uh, for Christians, it's, it's, it's probably a bit challenging because we believe, as the Bible teaches, just getting back to the Bible, Hunty, yep. that children are a blessing on marriage. Um, physical relations are to be experienced after marriage. And I get that that flies in the face of everything that Australia is now, and I'm pretty sure there's some people listening on the radio now, Hunty, who are saying, are you guys crazy? Uh, well, well, we are a bit crazy, aren't we? Auntie? Sometimes us too, but um, it gets back to whether or not you're going to allow the Bible to define what is right and wrong. But you've got a daughter and she's pregnant with a child. I go back to what the Bible says about who creates children in the womb, both in the Psalms and Jeremiah. Yep. And so I'd say the child is here. He or she has begun her development, God is very much a part of this. It may not have started how you want, but I'd encourage you to now celebrate and do everything you can Mm. to give that child every chance. Support the mum. Yeah, give that child every chance to know Jesus. Yep. 
uh, this is a little one that's going to bring much joy to you and that you will love more than life itself. So, yep, start celebrating now. You don't have to celebrate. um, You don't have to celebrate the idea of children outside of wedlock or the behaviour that your daughter or your son's been in, but celebrate what's coming now, and that's a child, and it is of God, and it is a beautiful thing. I'm actually a big believer in the sanctity of the unborn, hunty. I'm, I'm unashamedly a big believer in that. And so what God's doing now is a very, very special thing, and I'm going to celebrate that. And I would hope and pray that God would give me the grace to practice that myself if it ever came to me. Mm. All right, moving on. Next does question. that answer that? Yeah, it does. Yeah. Mm. Do you have to go with this before? Do you have to go to church to be saved? Um, I can answer this one. It's so easy. I'd love you to have a go because then I can... Yes. No, the answer is no, you don't have to go to a church to be saved. Uh, I wouldn't be so sure about that. I think it's very important. Um, technically, Hunt is right. Ooh, I've got a technical. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Fill us in. I'm a big believer in these last days because I think we're living in last days that there are some, one of the really important things, if you're going to be saved... It's to be in the presence of Jesus. Of course. And I think it's, if you want to ask me what saves you, it's being in the presence of Jesus, accepting him as your saviour, yep. and by faith believing that he died for your yep. sins. And through his grace you are saved, not by works, Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, lest any should boast. Yep. So we should be very clear on that. Nothing you do, hunty, saves you other than to say, Jesus, I accept you as my saviour. But when you accept Jesus as your saviour, part of that journey to continue walking with him is a day-by-day thing. And you've got to get yourself into the presence of Jesus. So how do you do that? Well, there's Bible study, hunty. And prayer. Bible study doesn't save you, but it gets gets you into the presence of Jesus who does. Yep. Prayer doesn't save you, but it gets you into the presence of of Jesus who does. Church does not save you. So, yep, you're going to get a tick there, hunty, but it gets you into the presence of he who does. Mm. Yeah, Jesus himself encourages us to go to church. Oh, Jesus went to church. Luke he 4, did. 16, Jesus went to church. Luke mm. four sixteen. Jesus went to church. Every Sabbath, the Bible says, as his custom was. He was yeah. a churchgoer. That's it. Now, why do you go to church? Well, what's your answer to that? To why, why, why? With other people of the same belief why? to support each other. Yeah, support each other. Courage, yeah. yeah, empathy, Sym- share what you've discovered in the Bible. Sympathy. Mm. Jesus is there, Hallelujah. And people say, "Well, Jesus is everywhere." Well, yeah, he is, but Jesus is not everywhere with each other. In other words, he's not everywhere when we're all together because we've got to come together for him to be everywhere with us when we're together. Now I'm getting a bit garbled there, but you know what I'm saying, aren't you? Mm. When you're together, Jesus comes. Yep. And if you want to be together when Jesus comes, you've got to be together. And you'll go to church, man. Long as, long as you go there with an open heart, and, and, and I'm telling you, when you go to church, you're going to experience healing. You're going to walk away better than you were when you went in, and you're going to have peace. So the question was, do you have to go to church to be saved? No, but if you are saved, you will be going to church. Do you That's get it. that? That's it. Ah. Agreed. Okay. All right. Enough. That's enough? no. That's good. I think our listener will yeah. get that. All right. Next question. Why does God seem so far away when I need Him so badly? Um. Because Ooh, I, I know the answer to that too. Okay. Go. Um, I'm happy for hard. I think to go. the more you realise you're sinning, and the more you realise 
you're a wretched sinner, the more you realise you're a long way from where God wants you to be. That's why he seems far away. Read the question again. Why does God seem so far away when I need him so badly? Oh, there's a lot of answers to that one. There is. You might be hurt. Yep. You might be damaged, um, wounded. You might be what you're saying, hunt, hunty, practicing sin. Yep. All these things will make you feel far away from God. You notice I said that? Will make you feel mm, far away from that's God. That's right. Feel is important. But you aren't. That's right. Never closer. Look, you look at the sin thing, it definitely does separate you from God. Whenever I've been involved with sin, hunty, it's, and I'm talking about willful, the sort of sin I'm good at, willful, repeated, repeated, pretty much in your face Mm. sin to God, it does separate you from him. But you're the one separating yourself from God. He's no more than a step away ever. That's um, right. So I think give yourself a break. Um, you're human. Some days you're going to feel close to God. Some days you'll feel far away. Some days I feel close to my wife. Some days I feel far away. I think also know that God loves you so deeply no matter what you've done. Yeah, he does. That's a good point. So if you're worried that, he's, that he seems a long way away, he still loves you the same. Yeah, look, as I say, there's just a lot of reasons why people feel far from God. Um, you know what I do know, Hunty? If you feel far, if you're feeling far from God today, get in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Read yep. some scripture. If you don't know where to go, read Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. Yep. If you need some comfort, go to the Book of Psalms. Yep. Uh, if you want to know more about the early Christian church and the action the Holy Spirit will bring if He gets into your heart, go to the Book of Acts. If you want to know how to be saved, read any book from Paul: Romans, Ephesians, arguably Hebrews, First and Second Corinthians. Uh, all, all, all these, all Philippians, all, all these books are written by Paul and talk about how to get close to God. Mm-hmm. And when you get into the Bible, and when you pray, the Holy Spirit will come down upon you. Again, this third person, the Godhead, he's he's just fabulous. And he'll come down upon you. He'll touch your heart. You'll feel close to God pretty quick. And get but, in, get a version of the Bible that you can read. Yeah. Like I, I use Bible Gateway on my computer. It's free, yeah. and every version of the Bible you possibly can get hold of is there. I go to Bible Gateway, I use the NLT, and then it becomes clear to me what God's telling me. You're liking that NLT, aren't you? Mate, you hooked me in today. That Romans 7 text, I've never seen a better version. Yeah. I, I, this morning I started reading the book of Hebrews. I, I'd finished my old book, and I was starting a new one. I didn't know where to go. I was talking to the Lord, and I just felt convicted to go to Hebrews. Oh, that first chapter was so hot. And I come out of excited. I come out of it excited. I come out of it in peace. I come out with some healing. Why? Because I'd been with Jesus. Yes. It's a beautiful thing. So if you're far away from God, go where he is. Bible, prayer, prayer. church. There you go. All right, question number uh, four. Has God ever rejected the Jews as his special people? Oh, there's a, there's a blunt answer to that, no. Absolutely not. Um, they are his people. I wonder why the listener's asking that. Because there is a thing in Christianity that says that God has rejected the Jews, and he hasn't. He loves them. Yep. Infinitely and deeply. Yep. Just as he loves Aussies. Has he rejected the Aussies? No. But I guess they're saying, has he rejected them as his special people? Look, when Jesus came to earth, he was a Jew, and he set up a church. 
And if you want to be part of God's family, give your heart to him and join the Christian church. That's what it's all about. And Jews and Gentiles, you know what Gentiles are? You're a Gentile. I'm a Gentile. Anyone who's not a Jew I'm not a, a Jew, that's right. Yep. Oh, well, you're not Jewish, are you? Or are nope. You? Yep. No Jewish blood? Not that I'm aware of. No, me either. Um, I'm a Gentile of the Gentiles. But it doesn't matter. That is, the Bible talks about a mystery. Paul talks about a mystery right through his books. He talks about this mystery. I mean, Paul is instrumental in setting up the church of God. And you know what that mystery is? God bringing Jews and Gentiles, so Jews and anyone else who isn't a Jew, together and making them a church. But as he makes this church, and, and the church, the Christian church, is his, belongs to him. It's his bride. Jesus loves her. He uses her to take the message out to the world, the lost world. But as he does that, he hasn't shoved the Jews aside and said, you're no longer mine, I don't want you. The invitation is there for them as much as it is for anyone uh, to continue. But but Paul makes it very clear that the only way you can be called child of God in the end is if you follow him mm. and, and are a disciple. So there's your definition from Paul. All right, we've got three minutes left and I've got two questions. Maybe I should just give you no, one. that's how we go. All right. Um, I have done some pretty bad things in life and I think God has rejected me. I want to come home, but I just can't. Open your Bible. Get on your knees and pray and tell God what you just said then. Yep. Open your Bible and start to read. Get in. The whole thing, mate. Yep. I'm telling people, get into the presence of God. Get into the presence of God. Get into the presence of God. When you're in the presence of God, immediately, instantly, you start to read your Bible. Holy Spirit's on you. You're not going to feel rejected. He's going to do the opposite to you. You're going to feel wanted. You're going to feel warm. You're going to feel healing. All these things you will experience when you read your Bible. And if, you, if you're in that place, start, start in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. Go to Jesus. Go to his story. By the time you finish those four books, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, you're not going to feel rejected. And you won't believe this last question. Yeah. <laughs> is God one or is he three? I'm so confused on this question. He's one, and we're going to go further into that next week. Okay, that's a great answer. <laughs> we just, we, we, we're just running out of time. How long have I got to answer that, Hunty? Give You've me. You've got about a, 30 seconds or a minute. Um, there, are, there are three persons of the Godhead, God the Father, God the Son, the God, God the Holy Spirit. Yep. So three separate individuals, entities, yep. persons. Yep. But they make up one God. Yep. There are six people in my family. How many in yours? Yeah, at least. Six. Yeah. One family, six people. Godhead, one God, three beings. Bit confusing. I don't think any of us understand God completely, but the Trinity is a central truth to what Christianity is. How's that? That's good. Let's, you're right, let's do a Bible study next week about it. Oh, I've got to finish the Bible study. You, you, you can put part two of that in, <laughs> okay. in, in the... In, in the Ask next week. How, how does that sound to you, mate? Yep. Okay. This next song, do, do we have a little ding-ding here or... Nope, we're going straight to the next song. We're, spo- no we're sting. supposed to have a sting. Oh, no, sting it is. You're listening to the Aussie Pastor here on Faith FM. Hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. No matter who you are, never give up. Jesus is coming. He loves you and he wants you.
paradise. I know when you get so discouraged, it seems that all hope is gone. But there's one, the only one, who can give you courage and strength to carry on. Never give up, Jesus is coming. It's the darkest hour before dawn. Never give up, Jesus is coming. Never give up, just keep holding on. This whole world, I know, it won't last much longer and sin. Soon pass away, but my faith, my faith in God, simply keeps growing stronger. For Jesus is coming someday. So never give up. Jesus is coming. It's the darkest hour before dawn. Never give up, Jesus is coming. This is just the darkest hour before dawn. So, sister, never, brother, never. So, never, ever, ever, ever give up. Just keep holding on. So, never give up, Jesus. Is coming. This is just the darkest hour before dawn. So never, 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 ever, never, ever give up. Just keep holding on. Sing it with me. Never give up. Jesus is coming. It's the darkest hour before dawn. Never give up. Jesus is coming. Never give up. Just keep holding on. Never give up. Just keep holding on. Never give up. Just keep holding on. Keep holding on. Keep holding on. Just keep holding on. Beautiful, Andy. Mm, That's Samwabo. Samwabo Gilas. Again from Zimbabwe, Adventist boy from Zimbabwe. Good on him. You, this man sings as good as I have heard. I love it. You know how you, you you get someone you love their voice. Yep. Yeah. Just want to remind you that we are in Warburton for we the are. next two weekends. Yep. Friday and Saturday. Seven o'clock on Friday night and yep, on Saturday. Eleven Saturday. Eleven and fourth, because this program is repeated on Saturday afternoon. So right, come on out if you're hearing yeah. this Saturday afternoon. 
come on out. We're just uh, on the Wilburton Highway in... The Redwood Community Centre. I could see your it. eyes going a bit glazy <laughs> as you start to wonder, have I, have I got this one? Um, look, it's going to, it's a, it's an, it's an incredible series. We're having a good time. Yep. And if you're in Warburton or you're in the districts around Warburton, come out and meet us. The Aussie pastor and Hunty, the, the techie. Mm. We'd love to meet you. I'm going to close with a prayer, Hunty. Yep. Is that all right? Yep. Father in heaven. Thank you for being with us today, and I just pray that those who are listening to our show will have seen a little bit about Jesus. Bless us now as we go our way. Be with our listeners, I pray, Lord. Touch their lives with the Holy Spirit, and may they experience what it is to have him living deep inside their hearts and in their minds and overcoming and doing things through your power they never thought was possible. I pray that in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Amen. Mm-hmm. Amen. Well, Hunty, I think it's come to the end of our program. My name is Lloyd uh, Roller. I've got 30 seconds. Let me do a plug for next week's Ask the Aussie Pastor. Okay. So, hey, if you want listeners to send in your questions before next week's program, you can. You can text them to us on 0488880851 or you can email them to us and the email address is info at aussiepastor.com and we'll get to them next week, I promise you. So we're ready. Now to go. we're ready to go. Yep. I kind of feel like uh, going slower here, but my name's Lloyd <laughs> Grollam and I'm the Aussie pastor. Hey, my name's Hunty and I'm the tech and we love you. But Jesus loves, loves you more. So much more. See, See you, you next, next time. time. Thanks for joining the Aussie Pastor. If you enjoyed today's program and would like to find out more about Jesus, our ministry, or ways to support us, go to findjesus.tv. 